0: into consciousness radio reveals a mystic's viewpoint on personal growth and transformation albert a seasoned broadcaster and mata internationally acclaimed master healer teacher and multi-award winning author explore both the dark and light sides of our human nature they candidly talk about things most people shy away from discussing our struggles with anger jealousy sex insecurity self-loathing and fear of death They discuss the meaning of awakening and what we need to do to transform our shadow and find the light of our true being. Through her compassionate guidance, Mata answers questions regarding your personal challenges with specific suggestions on how you too can heal into consciousness. And now, here are your hosts, Albert and Mata.
1: This is Albert, and as is the case each and every week, I am joined here with uh, Eliza Mata Dalian, the founder of an evolutionary new healing method, which offers a revolutionary practical solution for spontaneous healing and transformation of consciousness. In addition, Mata is the award-winning author of In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness, whose work Deepak Chopra called an elegant path to enlightenment and she is also the creator of two powerful guided meditations the no yes of meditation and transcending the fear of death and the unknown and uh, of course mata does travel extensively throughout the world uh, doing uh, all sorts of uh, workshops and retreats and seminars and, and mata you just got back from Rhinebeck, new york couple hours out of New York City and uh, you were at uh, the Omega Institute and um, I wanted to ask you just before we get into uh, a mystic's point of view of yoga how um, how it went for you
2: oh it was really wonderful Uh, it's a beautiful place that they've created and uh, it's uh, it was my first time there and uh, workshops The workshop went really well. People felt it was too short. We only had a a weekend, so next July uh, we're already scheduled for a five-day where we're going to work deeper with the uh, self-healing method and, of course, active meditations that people loved.
1: I think it's always so cool where you can go into a a natural setting where you're away from the uh, hubbub, you know, mad chaos of uh, urban living and uh, experience a little nature with some really good solid food, healthy food, and uh, to do some spiritual practice. I mean, that is my dream. And I would love, I'm putting it out there, out into the universe, that one day you will have this exquisite retreat center in a gorgeous, sun-blessed, Part of the world uh, doing this kind of work—the work that you do so well—with uh, uh, with peoples who, who with people who are really in search of the truth and, and really want to know who they are—I think that's something for the future. That's, but anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> go,
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, you know, it's definitely you know, the people who are consciously aware that they need to search for themselves are truly blessed because there's so many people who don't even know that this is this is the path the path inwards is how they're going to come out of their pain and suffering
1: Mm, right on that note let's get into uh, today's show and just to give you a little backstory behind this i was reading a little osho something i like to do either just before bedtime or just after i get up in the morning and i was struck by the fact that while reading osho's uh, yoga the science of the soul god bless his soul he he did 10 volumes on this and i i was just dealing with uh, number two and it addressed briefly the commentaries of the yoga sutra yoga sutras of patanjali and and i thought while reading this man this guy could be just as well talking about you he described patanjali as the greatest scientist of the inner his approach is that of a scientific mind and not of a poet uh, Osho said. And uh, he quoted the uh, saying, Patanjali is a rare flower. He has a scientific mind, but his journey is inner. And uh, that's why he became the first and the last word, the alpha and the omega, uh, if you will. For 5,000 years, nobody could improve upon him. But I think, I, and I have a strong, more than a suspicion, it's a knowing that uh, you're your work is cutting edge and it's, it's something that is uh, really opening up people on, on this inward journey. Because y- you have to admit that yoga is a slow path, is it not?
2: Uh, it is a slow path uh, because it requires a lot of concentration. It requires a diligent practice. It requires basically the introspection, like you said. It's an inner work and uh, we'll talk a little bit about how how the yoga is perceived in the west and what, what the true practice of yoga is and as a matter of fact it's funny you mentioned that because yesterday uh, on the online course i was just talking to people and i think it's the first time that i it just you know came out of me and i just mentioned that every time in our history brings us methods based on or or new methods that humanity can use based on whoever's alive at that time in in that generation and based on whatever uh, work they've done in their previous lifetimes and the gifts that they bring and my gift in this generation is and I think I'm, I'm sort of following in the footsteps that Osho started walking on with his bringing the active meditations in and my gift is actually a jet speed way to get to that inner awareness that the yoga practice would take you to get to, even even uh, sort of coming further to uh, the place of what active meditations can do. This this uh, method can take you a lot faster there and then it's a matter of once you understand and once you see something then there is a recognition that okay I can now do this work and it does not have to be a struggle and I could do it with more joy and I'm excited to discover and peel away more layers. So basically we're ready for jet speed methods and this is one of, You know one jet speed method that I that I that I'm very excited about and of course We'll have an opportunity to talk about it, but let's come back to yoga because that's That's something that I Feel it's greatly misunderstood and I was actually one uh, Myself that in a way when I initially started practicing yoga my motive was Back pain. So, so I I had a scoliosis by birth, and as a result, experienced a lot of back pain. And obviously, then you start looking for ways that you can help yourself, and what can you do? And um, uh, this was in, in the in the late 70s. And although yoga was being practiced, it wasn't really so widespread as it is today. So I started practicing yoga, reading the book on yoga and uh, trying to do the asanas. And uh, I was amazed how suddenly I started discovering energy. I started discovering myself as a result of practicing the different asanas And, and I could you know, definitely experienced how my body started responding and how my energies were getting balanced and how I started feeling good inside. So that was the extent of how much I explored yoga because even the books that I I read and practiced with were books written for the Western audience and they didn't really have that deep understanding of what yoga really means and i never never really got to to explore that till i came across osho and his uh, 10 volumes on patanjali and the yoga sutras
1: oh i like the way you say that patanjali it's like an italian name i call him Patanjali. <laughs> but, uh, that's yeah good. so that is um i gotta be mindful of, of the breaks that are coming up but i want to i want to talk to you about about this whole yoga phenomenon and and i my sense is that a lot of people are doing it more uh, as a as a physical fitness more uh, rather than a spiritual path right
2: that's precisely it and that's exactly how i started it because there was no deeper education to what yoga yoga is all, all about and i think the way the yoga is presented now in the west it's strictly presented as as, as a fitness practice and which is good, it's it's a really great first step, but what happens with people who continue with the practice, of course, a lot of things start uh, coming up, and uh, a lot of emotions come up uh, as a result of energy movements, and then people don't know what to do with it, and because the therapists are not trained to really understand the principle of yoga, and how to work with those emotions, so of course, they get sort of um, suppressed back in the body, and we need to we need to really have a deeper education about what what yoga is all about so let's try and cover as much as we can and i was as i was uh, talking to you earlier i mentioned that perhaps we need to do the whole you know um, 10 shows on this yoga after this one to cover maybe each volume of osho's um talks on on the yoga the alpha and omega series
1: right right and and we are particularly we would be very grateful if you yourself are a yoga practitioner and would like to call us you can do so by calling us live at one eight hundred nine three zero two eight one nine. 930 2819 that number again one eight hundred nine three zero two eight one nine. 930 2819 we would love to hear from you and we'll get into uh, some of the questions here that we kind of briefly mentioned in passing how is the yoga practice in the West, different from the yoga practiced in the East. Is yoga a form of meditation? Can yoga be used on its own as a spiritual practice? And how to use yoga to facilitate your journey of healing into consciousness. So if you have any questions, uh, this is a, a wonderful opportunity uh, to, to talk to Mata uh, today at 1-800-930-2819. I think uh, we're coming up to a break. So um, We'll just say that you're listening to Healing Into Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata, and we'll be right back.
0: Young man, I have tried very hard to be patient with you, but if you continue to disrupt my class with your chattering, I shall be forced to
2: clobber you on the cruller. Can we go someplace and
1: talk? Sure, come on.
0: Yoga will never do.
2: Yoga is as yoga does. There's no in between. You're either
0: with it on the ball, or you've blown the scene. I can
1: see looking at you. You just can't get settled. How can I even move twisted like a pretzel? get a chance to call in with your questions live with Mata. If you would like this internationally acclaimed master healer to answer your questions on a personal level, call 1-800-930-2819. Speak with the founder of her very own evolutionary light speed healing method and receive personal guidance pertaining to any physical or emotional health concern that you might have. Just call 1-800-930-2819. That's Mondays with Mata, only on Transformation Talk Radio.
0: Are you ready to fast forward your healing and personal transformation? Would you like to learn state-of-the-art techniques to easily balance your energy and quiet your mind? The Healing into Consciousness 8-week online course will give you weekly personal guidance with medical intuitive and internationally acclaimed master healer, Eliza Mata Dalian. Learn how to heal your pain, fear, anxiety, or illness. Register for the May 22nd course at HealingIntoConsciousness.com. That's Healing into Consciousness.
1: 1230, W P LQ.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in.
1: Well, blessed are those who are flexible for they shall never be bent out of shape. You're listening to Healing Into Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata, and we are on the subject of a mystic's point of view on yoga. Mata, one of the things I remember reading in uh, Osho's little commentary there about Patanjali is that um, he said that Patanjali brings you to an abyss, and unlike other enlightened masters who say jump, he makes or gives you steps, maybe a 100 steps, then he will say, jump. How do you feel about that in, in terms, especially in relation to how you work? I know that uh, Gertriff used to say that there are two types of masters, one innocent and simple, another sly and cunning. And I say this because science is more of a cunningness, right? There, there, there's a, there's a, a manipulation and a control that's involved. And I'm just wondering how, this, how it all fits in and, and what your thoughts are.
2: I think you're you're sort of asking two things here and each (laughs) will take a while to to discuss so if I would stay with yoga um, versus Gurdjieff I think that would be probably at this moment um, a better choice since we're talking about yoga and normally that that um, what, what we need to understand is that feeling of abyss it happens when it can happen in, in deep meditation where you have a feeling like as though you're falling and there is there's no bottom so it's like a bottomless abyss and that that feeling can also arise in when you're doing the yoga asanas and in in that um, when the energy starts to move freely suddenly there is that sense of the body starting to dissolve and all the, you might even feel that the, the the shape is disappearing, and your energy starting to expand, just similarly to what happens in meditation. And because yoga has to do a lot with breathing, so obviously your uh, awareness is always focused on the breathing. But then you're also engaging the mind and in engaging the the body. So that's why it's a longer practice. It takes some time before you could come to that experience of uh, meditation where you can just simply become a witness and see the body moving by itself and you're not the doer so Mm. in that sense Patanjali's way is a little bit slower in a sense that you need to have a lot of patience with each asana and you have to simultaneously cultivate that inner witness now what happens in the west with yoga is they're missing a very basic element, and that's the gaps between the movements. The, the way they've structured the Western yoga is you move from one asana back to the to the next, to the next, to the next, without any gap. And that gap is so absolutely essential because in that gap is how your awareness uh, becomes more centered in your body so that you don't jump from from one part of the mind to the next one. So the mind thinks, okay, this is the pose, now I'm doing this. And then I'm doing the breathing, I'm watching the breathing, then the next thing I have to do the next pose. So the mind is continually occupied. And if you have that gap in between the movements, then there's an opportunity to experience that gap, that nothingness, the stillness, the, the unmoving place. And it almost seems like people are, and i don't know why this this you know this is so prevalent in the west but people are afraid of silence people are afraid of nothingness people are afraid of unknown and because of that there's the speed of life that we have here is so much more uh, it just creates so much stress and if you go into uh, you know places like india for example even though the india is becoming westernized now or into places where that speed is not there, suddenly you're, you're present, you're, you're here in the, in the moment and there's nowhere you need to go. And of course, you know, you need to adjust to that silence and, and that slow pace of life. So originally, and probably because, you know, people in, in the past were more easygoing and they weren't really so stressed then then practice of yoga was possible to to be done in a pure state where you actually use yoga for enlightenment and th- this is part of the uh, the yoga sutras where basically it teaches you how to use this practice and this is where the scientific part comes in where patanjali discovered with different movements and and by holding a movement and by breathing focusing on a breath there's a certain energy movement that starts happening in the body. And it's all about energy movement. Basically, what we want is we want to move our energy from the base chakra up through the chakras and up into the crown chakra. Basically, that's the the movement that creates increasing awareness. Because if the energy doesn't move, obviously, our awareness is not on the body and it's not on the the different chakras and areas in our body and because we're so base and we're so concentrated on survival and sex and power very little awareness goes into the heart and that's why there's so much talk in the west about the heart because we're just too occupied with the with the first three lower chakras And we completely miss the higher chakras. So in the yoga practice, you have an opportunity to actually start becoming aware of energy movement and your whole body. So there's more body awareness that happens as a result. And of course, health follows energy. So when energy can move in the body freely, then you feel more healthy and you feel more balanced.
1: Right, right. One of the problems that I had personally, when I, I was doing a, a practice called Taoist yoga, it was called Sun Do, originally from Korea. And once I got into the higher levels of doing uh, the postures, uh, with the breathing techniques, uh, I found a whole bunch of emotions, feelings that were come up, which I really, I really couldn't express in the one-hour practice. It, it, it was almost then, uh, you know, I'd end up, you know, either being emotional or... I, I had no outlet, and uh, I, I think it was a, it was it was a grace for me to find something like a dynamic meditation, where I could do some kind of catharsis and let out all the stuff that was coming up as a result of doing the practice of yoga. I found that very beneficial, and I, I I think people who do a lot of practice in yoga today and are in the same boat that I was all those years ago, I, I'm here to say that active meditations can be a great supplement to whatever practice you're doing. And there are so many, you know, like hot yoga, there's uh, hatha yoga, ashtanga, there are so many, um, and, and they all serve their purpose, right?
2: That's right. It's it, it basically, you know, when something starts, then obviously other people come after the master who, who brings the main concept, and, and brings the understanding of yoga. And first of all, we we need to understand the meaning of yoga. It means unity. In other words, creating inner unity with the outer unity. So, and when the master brings something, there is there's always that spiritual element in it. And then, of course, you know, people who study with the master, um, they discover. Their new ways, so it's not uh, life is is a dynamic flow, and the, that's why I think there's many different types of yoga have been developed from the initial um, postures. Sutras. That that that's right. Well, sutras and, and postures. So, and of course, each person brings in their own understanding into it, and there is there's so many different path to the top of the mountain so and and of course you know people choose the path they're most comfortable with and they resonate with and and this is wonderful that we have all these different paths because then you're not stuck to one path that you don't necessarily resonate with but ultimately all the paths lead to the top of the mountain and what is that top of the mountain it's basically recognizing our Nature as God, recognizing, reaching the state of enlightenment or samadhi. There's so many words to it as well. And one way Patanjali works is he actually does not say drop the mind like the Zen people say drop the mind. So for somebody who hears drop the mind, it might become they might feel stressed and, and they might feel confused and they might say, well, how am I going to do that? What am I going to do? And for another person, hearing drop the mind might just in that second realize that, okay, I see the mind is the problem. I can drop it. I'm not going to pay attention to it. So with Patanjali's way, when he says he doesn't really ask you to drop the mind, he just wants you to gradually understand and witness the mind so you can understand the inner workings of the mind. So in that sense, he becomes more scientific. because you can drop the mind and suddenly have an aha moment and you go okay i understand that i was living in an illusion by being identified with the mind but but then you don't really have all those deeper inner understandings of how things work and how how the mind and emotion work and you don't really have the understanding of the layers of the unconsciousness whereas with the patanjali's way when you're actually observing and studying the mind, there's more an opportunity of understanding the human condition.
1: Mm. Okay, we are in conversation with the modern-day mystic Eliza Matadalian, and the subject is a mystic's point of view on yoga. And we'll be back as we continue with Healing into Consciousness Radio right after this. consciousness radio with albert and mata mata you mentioned something about patanjali's conception of god the last break and i really wanted to uh, bring this home in reference to also what osho said and he said that you basically have to understand patanjali that really god is not to be worshipped you have to become one and that is the only worship if you go on worshiping god that won't help in fact that is foolish. The worship, the real worship should consist in becoming a God yourself. You would agree with this because I, I that's what it's all about, isn't it?
2: That's pretty much my uh, yes, that's that's my outlook as well. And you know, although I do not dismiss the the path of um, surrender through through devotion, and there's a difference between devotion and worship because in worship you give the responsibility to somebody else in devotion you you have a reverence to the master and you just surrender to whatever the master says whether it's right or wrong it does not matter what really matters here is the act of being able to surrender because through the act of surrendering is how you can also surrender to existence, to the universe. So the path of devotion helps a person to learn, to feel that grace of surrendering and not being afraid. So can I, can I clarify y-
1: something? You mentioned this word about surrender because I, I don't think the way I've been doing the research here for today's program, yoga is more of a yang technique or path. It's more of a, an act of will. The flip side of that, on the same coin, would be tantra, which would be an absolute surrender. Yeah. So I'm confused now where we are in terms of how things relate with with yoga. And you also mentioned something about patanjali and Not not. Uh, wh- what did you say about the mind? He doesn't say, uh, get rid of the mind?
2: He doesn't say, drop the mind. Yeah, he he more wants you to understand the mind. And yes, with with yoga, it's more a science because he gives you ways, or the yoga sutras show you the ways, what keeps you in misery, what keeps you in pain, what keeps you clinging to life and what keeps you in in the ego and how you lack awareness and where you can become more aware and how you can wake up your energies how you can you can bring in more awareness into your your body into your mind into your emotions so and in a way he through yoga he or the yoga sutras he helps you understand that the mind actually creates the misery. Because it, like I was saying earlier, when I started practicing yoga purely for physical benefit, I realized how my body improved. So if if my mind was closed and I, and I, w- I would have said, well, there's nothing that's going to help me. I have this you know, terrible pain and it's chronic pain and, um, you know, poor me and I'm helpless, I'm a victim and, you know, uh, if I stayed in that kind of mind frame, obviously I wouldn't even try to help myself. And many people are stuck in that mind frame. They think they are helpless, they think that they have no power and they think that actually Almost like if you tell them you have the power to heal yourself, they would start criticizing you, and they would start telling you that you're crazy. Mm-hmm. So, in in one sense, you need to have an openness to to try. You have to be you have to have an open mind in order to heal yourself, in order to become conscious. And that's why I said, blessed are those who have that awareness that. They need to do something. It's their responsibility to do something for themselves. And of course, the journey is a step-by-step journey to becoming stronger and to becoming more aware and taking full responsibility for everything that happens in life. And uh, my attitude to life, and this is what I like to teach everyone, is that whatever happens in life, just ask yourself a question. Why is this happening? What are my lessons in this situation? so when we have that kind of an attitude then we always stay as as an observer as a scientist so we want to understand right. and once right. you understand with through that understanding is how the mind starts dropping or your identification with the mind that keeps you in misery starts dropping so the practice of yoga helps you to actually start observing and understanding how the mind keeps you in misery and then once you understand it, the dropping happens on its own without you needing to make an effort to drop it.
1: Right. I have a question. In one of your YouTube clips, you mentioned specifically that yoga is not enough. What did you mean by that? Because some people i mean obviously it is it can be a spiritual practice i mean martial arts in itself could be a spiritual practice but there comes a point where my sense is that it's not really complete but then that's <laughs> that's yeah. a relative statement because how fast do you want to peel the onion i don't know it's just well uh...
2: again you know um and i think people people from the east the the real yogis from the east Probably many of them are very frustrated with the way yoga is taught in the West. And um, I, I'm sure they'll they'll have a lot of criticism to how the yoga is taught in the West because it's strictly ta- taught as a physical exercise. And there's so much more depth in the uh, the practice of yoga. And okay. yes, my personal experience has been that, interestingly, many yoga teachers have come to study with me and to to practice with the active meditations and with what I what I teach because somewhere they have realized that although there are no all the yoga asanas and they're, they've been practicing for years, something has been missing. Mm-hmm. And what is missing, like you mentioned earlier, what to do with all those emotions that are coming up how to address them, how to watch them, how to uh, work with them. And this is the part of the part in the yoga practice that is not really taught in the West.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. I, I wanted to ask you, I don't know if we have enough time with a break coming up, but the question is how to use yoga to facilitate your journey of healing into consciousness. So if one is not, say pursue the option of maybe supplementing things with uh, or your practice with a little active meditations or or maybe uh, meditation itself what what could you do to be more mindful in your yoga practice so hang on to that thought Mata, and and we'll come right back uh, when we continue with healing into consciousness radio here with albert and Mata, and today's subject is a mystic's point of view on yoga to Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata. Mata, did you know, I, I just got this on the internet, it is believed that there are, there may be more people practicing yoga in California than in all of India. As a matter of fact, an estimated 16 million people in North America practice yoga. That's a, a sizable uh, interest, I would say.
2: Well, yes. And, you know, considering that California is the biggest state in the U.S.
1: Yeah. What's the
2: population
1: there? 30 a, million? 36, I think, at last count. Or so half of are...
2: California practicing yoga.
1: <laughs> I, don't <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's, have... let's,
2: let's say the, the, the Western yoga. I think we should qualify that.
1: Right. And, and by Western yoga, my sense is that there were a few people that said, OK, let's put a whole bunch of postures together, fit them into an hour or 90 minutes and uh, we'll we'll call that a, a certain style. and I, I think that's what's been going on. Now, I know the thing with hot yoga. Uh, my experience was that in the summertime, when I used to practice martial arts, we would do a lot more stretching in the summertime because the the weather was warmer, and it, it was conducive to really kind of opening up uh, and relaxing the muscles. So they just got that concept going with the the, the Brighams yoga or the hot yoga. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a result, I I, I think the one basic thing which yoga has in common, which your work has in common, which Buddha's work, and and, uh, it's the discovery of one basic thing that breathing is deeper than thinking. And uh, you would agree, if you change your breathing, you change your thinking. And once you know the key, that breathing uh, has the key, you can create any climate that you want. It's up to you, right?
2: Breathing is definitely a very, very significant, very important part of self-awareness, and um, actually, you know, when you mentioned uh, half of California doing yoga, practicing well, yoga, I, I, more,
1: no, no, more, no I, I didn't. I didn't say half of California, but I, but it said uh, there's probably more people in in the U in California.
2: Um, yeah, and I think more people in the West, uh, perhaps overall, and this is this is due to. The way I see it, our consciousness, um, as species, we develop, we evolve gradually. And the collective evolves very, very slow in comparison to individuals. And right now, what's happening collectively with the practice of yoga is that there is more body awareness that's happening. If we take, you know, if we look at uh, 20, 30 years ago, very few people were really working on their bodies and and having the body awareness or or the breath awareness and really becoming aware that they can actually do something to help themselves and now collectively the collective has has you know taken some time to grow to that level where there is the step of okay let's take care of the body let's become stronger um it will, you know, uh, let's be more mindful and uh, physically fit. So this is a really important stage or or a phase in the development of consciousness. Because when I compare with my own journey, this is how I started as well. Started from the body. And, and we do start from the body. We want to make the body healthier and, and stronger. And then, of course we need to start looking deeper and what, what really yoga helps to do somewhere whether you like it or not there is some kind of a self-awareness that starts happening through the practice of yoga even if you don't practice it in a traditional original way so um, in that sense i think it's it's been a great blessing to the west that more people are becoming body conscious in a different way not just you know the look of the body and what you wear but more in in getting the the feeling good in the body more getting the balance energy within and also when the energy is balanced and the body feels good then you start internally feeling better and this definitely helps with depression you you wouldn't feel depressed if you're active and you're practicing, you know, yoga or active meditations or something active that keeps the body energy up. And and we have an epidemic of depression in, in North America simply because, you know, the television and the, the so much uh, information that is just uh, thrown at us. So we need to create some kind of a balance and we need to get back into the body.
1: Right. So uh, this question that I have for you is, as a practical tip for somebody, how could you use yoga to facilitate your journey of healing into consciousness? I, uh, aside from uh, overall body awareness and, and becoming in tune with yourself, your own instrument, does it stop there, or, or can, is there something else that we could do while we're well, doing or? Yeah, yoga? the,
2: the body is number one. So you start with the body and and breath awareness, uh, because if we go to really how to know yourself. You cannot not avoid um, having to go through the breath awareness because to know yourself, your breath is the, the closest to you. So you need to bring the awareness into your breath in order to start discovering yourself and how you're discovering yourself. You're discovering your thoughts, your thought patterns. You're discovering your emotions. You're, you're discovering um uh, something else, uh, such as your your intuition, the inner knowing. So there's the subtlety of being able to discriminate as you start looking inside and watch and understand yourself. So so all these things, obviously, anything to do with using the body and the breath will help to bring you closer to yourself. So in that sense, it's a it's a wonderful step for generally for people to start looking in, but again, some element of looking in needs to come in and that's the part that I feel generally is missing in the way uh, that yoga is taught in the West. So and, how, do you mean,
1: how, how do you mean looking in, like while you're doing the postures and you're breathing into them and you're going from one to another, is there something else that, that, we, that we could be focusing on to help that awareness?
2: Well, the looking in means becoming an observer. A witness. That's right. Becoming right. an observer, becoming a witness. Because through witnessing and through observation is how you're going to know yourself. Is how wow. you're going to discover yourself. Wow. And how you're going to actually discover that your being is separate from, from the mind and the emotions. And this is how you're going to jump out of the mind and jump out of the illusion. And this is how you're going to basically become conscious of your eternal presence
1: right right i think we have almost run out of time and i cannot uh, go away without mentioning your teleclass which is happening this saturday on the 13th just five days from now as a matter of fact at 1 p.m pacific standard time this is uh, your wonderful opportunity listener to ask questions pertaining to your health and personal transformation And, uh, Mata, you will offer practical individual guidance uh, if need be uh, from one of these uh, rarest. You are the rarest of rarest of beings a bona fide, self realized master healer who has her own evolutionary uh, healing technique. One question before I go, I just wanted, I'm curious. Did you have this ability before you became enlightened, or is this something that happened as a result of your enlightenment, this ability for you to zone in on, on somebody's uh, energy and to, to do a bullseye on on, on something of, of their problem?
2: I believe I've mentioned this before. I had the ability to to uh, read thought forms in, in people's energies and empathically feel what they're going through as a child but of course you don't know what to do with it so with right. with my own journey and my own process of self, self-discovery uh, in combination with disabilities how this uh, um, my jet speed method then sort of revealed itself
1: yeah, I'm totally amazed that you can do this on the phone, how you're able to accurately do this. I mean, in a traditional orthodox setting, you would sit down on a on a psychologist's or psychiatric's uh, couch and do a lot of blah, blah, blah before the doctor could even begin to point you in the right direction. And here you do this within a few moments. So um, if you do, the listener, if you have any kind of um, issues, Saturday's a good day to be... Uh, to be with Mata on your teleclass. And I could mention that uh, if you buy uh, the book In Search of the Miraculous Healing in a Consciousness with the the No Yes Active Meditation CD, you get a free pass to attend this teleclass and it's well worth the opportunity. On that note, I think, Mata, we've uh, once again run out of time. And uh, it's time to say goodbye.
2: Goodbye, everybody. Yeah, it was a good show. So we'll talk
0: to you again next week. You've been listening to Healing into Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata. Tune in each Monday at noon Pacific time to continue to explore both the dark and light sides of our human nature. For more information about the Dalian Method or to get your copy of Mata's award-winning book in search of the miraculous Healing into Consciousness or the No Yes Active Meditation CD, visit www.dalianmethod.com. That's www.dalianmethod.com.